Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young. And uh, today, Adam, we are uh, reunited, just the two of us. Uh, how have you been doing? Doing all right. You know, I uh, probably left the house once since we last spoke. So, good. Yeah, about the same. What, what did you do on your rare trip uh, outside the house? Um, I think I went to my neighbors. Wow. Really, yeah. uh, really, really venturing far there, I see. You know, it might, might have been twice, because I think we also went to the store once. Wow. Yeah, so This really... is the kind of compelling podcasting that you, you, I think everyone has really grown to expect from our uh, humble abode, huh? Hey, listen, I just call it how I see it. Quarantined in Texas. Gotta, gotta stay indoors. Yeah, that's true. Texas has gotten kind of hammered. So, um, But one thing that did not get hammered was the Capitals during the preseason. Wow, that was a great transition. I'm really proud of that one. Uh, so uh, the Capitals played, and they looked fine, I thought. Adam, what do, how did you think the Caps looked? I thought they looked pretty good. I mean, obviously, Ovechkin looked great. Uh, you know, just getting two goals and an assist. He, he, he just he looked good. Ovi looked like Ovi. Wilson had a great play, kind of shrugging off the defender uh, on the one goal. And, you know, even Kuznetsov, I thought, looked like he had his uh, skating legs under him yesterday. So... All, yeah. all together, I thought I thought it was great. Kind of the Capitals' key offensive players. A um, little worried about John Carlson, who you know had to leave the game due to an injury scare, um, and it sounds like he did not practice today either. Um, but it's it sounds like Todd expects him to be back um, Sunday. So hopefully, we'll, we will not be missing John Carlson when the Capitals start play shortly. Yeah, I thought I thought they looked pretty good too. I I was surprised because. I don't know, just I, I thought that looked more like a normal game than a preseason game, which kind of surprised me. There was, I think at one point in the second period where both of the teams decided to stop playing hockey and just started hit, hitting each other, which really was more entertaining than I thought it would be. So there's that. That might, maybe helps the Caps get engaged, maybe not. Yeah, but I, I'm with you. The big story does kind of seem to be the Caps' blue line. Uh, I, I, I think the reporting today, like you said, is that John Carlson's going to be out um, of practice today and tomorrow, but 
Todd Reardon hopes that he's going to be back on Sunday so, or Saturday. So we'll have to see. It's one of those things where this is where the benefit of the round robin comes in, I think, because it if the Caps need to have him sit for a game, they can have him sit or they can have him play 10 minutes or whatever they want. It's not... We, we kind of talk about, oh, these games matter, yada, yada, but I don't think they matter more than the Caps having a healthy John Carlson coming into the real postseason. So that's at least something. Another blue liner that I wanted to talk about was a guy who we said a lot during the year was not healthy, and I thought he looked a lot better, and that's Michael Kempney. So were you kind of keeping an eye on him too, and did you see him look a little more noticeable out in the ice there? You know, I'm not going to lie. He wasn't standing out too, too much to me, but I, I saw the tweets. You know, it sounded like Rob was pretty happy with what he saw. Um, so, so generally speaking, uh, reports were that he played well. He wasn't really super noticeable to me, but I also, it was during my work day, so I didn't get, I wasn't paying 100% uh, attention to the game yeah. either. So, uh, look, at, look at you, Adam, model employee. <laughs> I try. Um, but we... If if Kemi's able to kind of be back to who he was during the Stanley Cup run, the Capitals will just you know it'll be like getting a trade trade deadline acquisition. Um, Casillas was not the same guy at all this year. Uh, he yeah. come back from that, that that awful injury. So if Kemi's playing well, uh, if Carlson's healthy, the Capitals could be looking at kind of their best blue line that they've had uh, all year, and that, and that's really encouraging. Yeah, so one of the other parts of that blue line is that it looks like we're getting a Brendan Dillon and Dmitry Orlov pairing. And I am, as everyone that has listened to this podcast or heard me tweet or seen me write or anything like that has noticed, I am a big fan of Dmitry Orlov. Um, he actually took two penalties in the preseason game, which, fine, whatever. I thought he looked pretty good aside from that. Uh, but I don't know, Adam. Do you? What are your? Do you think that Dylan and Orlov might make sense as a complementary pair, or kind of where are you at on uh, putting those two together? You know, again, my thoughts aren't super strong on this one. Uh, it, it it felt a bit stylistically. Uh, I don't know. What, what did you think first about it stylistically about those two guys being together? Well, okay, so it's interesting because I think it's kind of. On one hand, a little strange because, I mean, Orlov's not playing on his right side, which isn't ideal. I, I know that Orlov has said that, oh, well, I played on, I've played on the other side before when I was in high school or whatever, which always makes me nervous when you hear <laughs> players say things like that. I thought he looked okay. Um, I, I think if you're, if you're the Caps, what's intriguing about that pairing is that if you can get it clicking, you're talking about a pairing that potentially could eat big minutes and is pretty strong defensively. I mean, Orlov took the two penalties, but I think we all agree that he's more strong than not defensively and is a great skater. And Dylan, I think, is someone I'm still kind of trying to figure out a little bit, but he's someone that seems like he's kind of usually in the right place more often than not. And so I think those are interesting skill sets. Now, whether they keep experimenting with this or maybe go to something a little more conventional during the round robin, we'll have to see. Although, honestly, I'm not totally sure what conventional is at this point. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. Adam, looks like you have kind of, or it sounds like you have a little more in-depth thoughts on this than I do. Um, no, no, I really don't have too many in-depth thoughts on this one. <laughs> I mean, well, come uh, up with some. No, I'm just kidding. When, when you talk about Orlov being on his offside, I, I think kind of back to his struggles earlier in his career when he had to use his backhand to get the puck up the ice, and he would always struggle to get that strength 
when there was a four checker on him, just just whether it was to get it up to a forward that was streaking or anything like that. Whenever he had his back towards the net, trying to back again the puck up the wall, and uh, it was just always a struggle. So that's just something to keep an eye out for. Uh, I haven't noticed it in years, but he hasn't played on that side in in, in years either. Um, so that will certainly be something worth uh, watching. But again, I, I mean, I, I still maybe, maybe I'm right. I, I think of Orlov still as a solid, like kind of like two way defenseman. I think of Dylan more of kind of a uh, stay at home steady guy, which again might be like kind of outdated thoughts on those two. But um, I, I think it'd be interesting, and I would like to look at kind of what their utilization is going to be if that pairing continues going forward. Are they going to be a more um, shutdown pairing, or how will they be deployed? And I think that would be the most interesting thing to see what Reardon thinks of that combination. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's interesting because if that works, I mean, we talk about during the Caps Cup run, arguably their most effective shutdown pair was Orlov and Niskanen. And <laughs> so do, could Reardon kind of reprise them in that role and maybe give Carlson some easier minutes is something that we'll have to see. I, I, I don't really know, and... I think there's just so little time to really figure this out that I I guess I don't really know. So I guess we'll find out. Um, but one thing we do know is that we finally have news on Ilya Samsonov and that he is out uh, with some kind of injury that I don't think we've had defined and probably will never know. But um, it doesn't seem like it's COVID or is not COVID related at least. So that's something. But um it, I mean, on one hand, this sucks. On the other hand, I guess it's kind of just hope you ride or die right now. So thoughts on the Caps goaltending situation here, Adam? Uh, I think it, it reminds me of like what we talked about with Luke when he, like last time you and I spoke and uh, about how hope tends to struggle at the beginning of seasons and whether this long break is going to kind of reset him to that start of a season mentality. And it doesn't really look that way after, you know, very limited game action in, in our one exhibition preseason game that, that the Caps have played so far. But uh, with this being Holby's last year of his contract, and um, I still have no idea what the team's going to do, right? I don't think anybody does. We, we first thought there was no chance that they'd re-sign him. Does, if Samsonov's injury is something that's going to be hard to recover from, does that mean that they will want be more interested in keeping Holby around? Um, for a few more years, just all things to think about. And uh, I, I believe I read that the Capitals are considering giving Banachek some game time in the um, round, round robin. robin think. Yeah. And that's just, that to me was, um, I, I wouldn't. I mean, because in my mind, it'd be just like what you said. It would be a ride or die with Holpe. You know, you're either going to win with him or you're going to lose with him. It is what it is, um, but if the, if the Capitals feel like they're gonna get Vanacek to a point where they're comfortable saying, "Okay, I hope he's having a bad game and a half, two games," we're just gonna put Vanacek in there and see what happens. Uh, good, good on them. But but in my mind, if they're putting Vanacek in for the round robin, that it almost feels like they've got one foot in, one foot out uh, with Holpe. But more, more importantly, it's uh, also shows they don't seem to really care too much about placement for the round robin no i i i think that we talk about this i i think the round robin is i won't say meaningless but i think i would care more if the capitals are playing well 
than if they were to win all three games necessarily and maybe not yeah. look as good. So, yeah, I've, I'm intrigued by that too because I think I'm with you that if I'm if I'm ride or die with Holtby, I want to give him as many minutes to figure anything out as he can get, right? Like, I... Uh, and if if anything, the fact that he's maybe if he struggles in a game might actually be, if anything, an incentive to keep playing him because you want him to ride this out and get get any kind of struggles out early. Although I guess I just I don't know, right? Because I mean, they are after not playing hockey for four months, gonna play three games in a week, and is that something that hope he, is he going to be able to give a strong hundred and eighty minutes the whole time or not? And so. Maybe it makes sense to at least look at Vanacek for a period. Maybe, I don't, although I don't, I don't really have any super well-defined thoughts here. But uh, it's definitely not good that Samsonov's out, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see what kind of happens in the regular or in the offseason in terms of resigning or not. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, Adam. Any any other pressing thoughts before we go to the break about the Caps and uh, playoffs and everything? Uh, nope. Just, well, actually, I did want to get your take on what, when we talked last, we talked about the, uh, fake crowd noise. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see what your thoughts were on it. Um, okay. So, I think that the, the crowd noise was, it was weird, but then it was fine. I got used to it. So, I think it was definitely a little weird at first, because there's not, it's definitely not, like, a hundred percent as reactive as a normal crowd would be, right? So you're not going to quite get that little buzz that you always get when a player rushes up the ice that we all love. And so that's that's something that just is going to be weird. I don't know. I kind of got used to it by the end, though. And I think hockey is one of those games where you're paying so much attention to what's going on in the ice, at least for me, that I'm not really... I think crowd noise is is one of those things I was kind of able to filter in and out as the game was going on. But I don't know, kind of curious what, what you thought on what your thoughts on that were. I didn't think it was as uh, seamless as uh, soccer's crowd noise. Uh, I don't know We're why. We're losing you to soccer again. Well, no. <laughs> I was thinking about it when you talked about the player rushing down the ice. Maybe it's just a bit of a slower pace with soccer, so it's easier for the crowd noise to kind of yeah. keep up. But uh, in general, I thought it was pretty good. I did have, as I said, I, I was working some. So there were a few moments where I forgot there weren't fans there just listening to the game. Where yeah. you, you know, you'd hear the, the crowd noises. They sounded appropriate. Nothing was, was crazy. The only real audio thing that I thought was super weird was the Capitals' goal horn. Oh, just yeah. Without any, I think it was like echoing or something. It, just, yeah. it sounds really weird when there aren't bodies like cheering to absorb some of that noise yeah over it 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 was uh that was the only real thing that stood out to me and the in arena noises i guess in general kind of they just stood out but i actually think i saw somewhere that they're gonna start playing the crowd noises inside the arena so i wonder if that's gonna change that kind of weirdness we experienced yesterday yeah i don't really know i'm kind of intrigued by that and i agree with you on the caps goal horn because I, the problem with the Caps one is that it really kind of the way they do it depends on crowd noise. It's not like the, I don't know, the Canucks goal, goal horn, which is very kind of distinctive, or the Canadiens one, where you can kind of make the crowd echo around it. The Caps goal horn doesn't really work unless the fans are all kind of participating. So, yeah, that felt strange, but 
Again, it's one of those things that I think I'm going to probably get used to, I hope. And hopefully we have a lot of time to get used to it because the Capitals go on a deep run. But uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, uh, Adam and I, um, Adam mostly, and I are going to give detailed playoff predictions. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the, the stories in the uh, East and West that we're excited about. So uh, stay tuned. Welcome back to Jay Prisoner Radio. I'm still here with Adam, and uh, yeah, Adam hasn't left or gone anywhere, as far as I'm aware. And Adam, we're going to talk about the play, the NHL playoffs, uh, which I guess these first like eight series that aren't the round robin are, I guess, not the playoffs, or I guess the playoffs. I don't really know. What are, what are, would you say that these play, these playoff-ish matchups are actually playoffs, or are, are you thinking about this as, like, a play-in round? I'm kind of thinking of it as, like, a play-in. I, I don't know if you noticed, but on the ice, it says Stanley Cup, but doesn't say playoffs on the Oh! Ice. So... That's some and, Illuminati stuff right there, Adam. Well, if you look at every other playoff round, you probably wow. ever won. It says Stanley Cup playoffs on there. And <laughs> real tell will be if they put it on the ice after these playing games are done. Yeah. And I, I believe for the purposes of draft of uh, conditional draft picks, teams that lose in, in this play-in round are not considered having made the playoffs, which goes against the other thing the NHL said, which was that these were the playoffs. So it was yes. all confusing because I remember some team reached out to the NHL because they were trying to figure out whether their draft picks, whether they were getting a draft pick or losing a draft pick from being in this play on round. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. To me, it's a play. It's strange. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah. And I mean, the, the interesting thing is that one of these eight teams that loses is going to get Alexis Lafreniere as, as the first overall pick. So, you know, if you're the Canadians and not, not looking so hot against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which uh, seems distinctly possible, uh, then, you know, maybe, yeah, it's, you're kind of tank for Alexis there, although we'll see. So, uh, all right, the first playoff series, Adam, we have Pittsburgh versus Montreal. Uh, it, to me, that seems like a pretty obvious win for Pittsburgh. They have a lot more depth and... As I think uh, one of the Penguins players noted, it's not really clear who's Mont- who, if Montreal even really has a first line or not. So that being said, obviously we are. I'm, I say this as a triggered Washington Capitals fan when the Capitals played a Montreal team that arguably also didn't have a first line and found a way to lose. So I don't know. Um, I'm thinking. Pittsburgh in a very quick series. What are your thoughts? Uh, Pittsburgh will either win it quick or they will lose the series and get the first overall pick. Yeah, that's got to be it, right? Yeah. It's either either the Penguins are going to advance and advance way further than any of us would like, or they're going to get Alexis Lafreniere. That's, I I am very, I I don't know. Maybe it's just the pessimist in me, but I I, I 100% feel like it's either... Uh, you know, they're either going to win a few rounds or they're getting the first overall pick. So that's, uh, that's Pittsburgh for you. Yeah, there you go. And uh, just as a reminder to everyone, including me, that these series are five games long. So keep that in mind. 
uh, because I totally didn't just forget that. Uh, I'm an elite <laughs> podcast host, so what, what can I say? Um, all right, next up is a series that I think is interesting, maybe. It's Carolina versus the New York Rangers. So at least for me, I I hate this matchup for the Rangers. I They have a pretty poor blue line, and Carolina is a fast, good four-checking team. That strikes me as a terrible matchup. Although, apparently on the broadcast, they were actually saying that Carolina has a weirdly terrible record against the Rangers, which, I don't know, that's kind of small, the small sample size stuff I don't take super seriously. I, I see Carolina as a team that has a lot of talent, and I probably would like to not play if I could avoid it. So, uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on, uh, and give us a pick between the Canes and the Rangers. Uh, I think Carolina's going to win. Um, I just don't know how many games. Uh, I'll leave that part to you. Panarin is, uh, had an amazing year. Uh, yes. Play. I think the Rangers are probably a team a little bit hurt by the break. You know, they were, they were playing pretty well. Yeah, uh, that's true. And I just, generally speaking, I feel like Carolina's got a pretty good style of play for the playoffs. And um, they, they could shut down some elite talent, but I think they can win. Um, yeah. But, but we'll see. Goaltending will continue to be the Achilles' heel for Carolina, uh, in my mind. So. That is that is true. That is true. Um, I'm going to say Carolina in four. Okay. That seems about right. I don't. Know. We'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, next up is a series that I can't get myself to care about, and Adam, I'd be surprised if you could too. The New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers. Uh, I, I don't know. I, this is fine. Uh, I don't care. That I don't think either one of these teams is very good. I don't think the the Islanders were playing terribly before break. I don't think I don't really trust them at all. But also Florida is bad too. So I don't I don't know, Adam. Can you make a can you make a masterpiece out of this shit sandwich? I kind of forgot that those teams were even in the. <laughs> if the Islanders hadn't played uh, the Rangers yesterday, I would have definitely forgotten that they were in, in this round robin. Yes. Uh, How strange was that that they both played the Islanders and the Rangers goal, so- goal songs, by the way? That was like, that threw me like more than I thought it would. Uh, you know, I, I just, I look at the Islanders and I just, I, I got nothing. They're just so boring. <laughs> they're, like, they, they're incredibly boring. It, it, it's Trotz's Nashville team all over again, almost. Yeah. You know, it's a bit of a snooze fest, kind of the playoffs. We'll, we'll see agree. what happens. I'm gonna say uh, I don't trust Bobrovsky, so I guess I'll pick the Islanders, but I don't I don't really care. <laughs> Islanders were so good for the beginning or they were so good might be strong. They were winning so often. Yes. Year. Um if I recall they were like neck and neck with the Capitals for the division for a long time. Is that was that true? They were and then I I mean you had a lot of the analytics people saying that they were they were doing pretty terribly possession wise and then yeah. eventually that was going to catch up to them and I think it maybe wait we waited a year and a half for it and then I yeah. think it started coming really like the latter half of the year. So yeah. last we'll year see. they were like they had the best goaltending in the league, right? So they were Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. uh but that's just <laughs> no I I I wonder <laughs> I reject caring about this series. My, I'm not even going to predict it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a shrug emoji. Okay. Uh, that sounds like a cop out. Oh, all right. Okay, fine. All right, give me the Islanders in five. I guess. All right. Cool. Steal and my- I, 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 I will give you this prediction. This bonus prediction. I will watch zero minutes of these games. 
I will watch those games probably. Wow. I, I'll probably watch almost any game. That's uh, true. That's fair. I'm pretty sports starved right now. You know, soccer's basically done, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, well, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that uh, your second favorite sport here, hockey, is at least uh, capturing your attention. That's good. Well, it always it always has my heart. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, speaking of a series that's going to have a lot of heart in it, because there's just going to be a lot of people watching this, uh, the the series that I think a lot of people are talking about is Toronto versus Columbus. Uh, to me, I Columbus is a team, if this were an actual like playoff matchup during a non-COVID year, I would say, oh man, Columbus would just be a weird team, and I don't know if I'd want to play them because... Do I really want to play a John Tortorella team in the playoffs and he's just going to shut everything down? I maybe, but at the same time, I, just Toronto, I think is too much talent here. And I, I think that the break is going to maybe help them a little bit. I, I just, I think it's just a little too much offense here for Toronto. So I think they win it in three or four. What, what are your thoughts? You know, we, year after year, we keep waiting for Toronto to finally kind of get out of the first round. And, and, and you know, it would be very Toronto-like to win this play-in round and then yes. lose the following <laughs> round. You lose to Boston in the actual first round again. Yes. <laughs> so I, I really I, want that to happen. I, I'm not feeling – I don't feel like that's a bad decision to make or a bad, a bad pick to make. Yeah. So um, – I do think Toronto is going to win. Uh, I, I do think the Blue Jackets have played well this year, all things considered. They came on strong, uh, especially yeah. after losing, you know, their, arguably their two best players. So, um, an impressive season for them, where kind of regardless of the outcome, I think they have to be pretty happy with how things ended up. So, agreed. Uh, agreed. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna talk West Coast here. Uh, and uh, we're going to try to buzz through these quickly because, uh, yeah, I think we're, you know, uh, I, I think you're, the average person listening is going to probably have as many thoughts about these West Coast games as we do. But uh, first up is Oilers and Blackhawks. They, I actually have a buddy who's an Edmonton Oilers fan, and he was telling me that they kind of got screwed by this format because the Oilers were, if they had picked the top two teams from each division, they were second in the Pacific, but... Because they were a little bit behind, I think it was Dallas. They uh, don't hold me to that, but I think it's Dallas. Uh, they get stuck in the play-in round uh, against a Blackhawks team that I think is pretty bad. So I don't know. Um, also, I don't know if the Oilers are very good either. So I don't know. This might actually be one of those weird upsets, but yeah, screw it. I'm gonna say Blackhawks in five because I don't I don't trust the Oilers, and I think something screwy is gonna happen. Adam, what are your thoughts? I got Edmonton in four. I, I, I think it's Connor McDavid's time. Uh, he's just, he's such a great player. Drysidle's really had a good year offensively for mm-hmm. sure. I know there are a lot of people in the analytics community who don't love him defensively, but um, the goal is to score more opponents than your, score more goals than your opponents, and you can't do that without scoring goals and setting up goals. So those, Look, those look two, at that elite analysis there. <laughs> well, <laughs> But the amount of analysis you hear that makes it sound like only defense matters. <laughs> That's true. Kind that of is fair. I'm just saying those simple things. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I hope Edmonton does well. I, I, I think, I, think I do, be, too. I think it's for the league, and it'd be, uh, you know, you want your superstars to be showcased. And Connor McDavid is the most explosive player in the NHL, so I'd love to see yep. him get more 
them. Agreed, agreed. Uh, I I very much hope Edmonton wins this. Uh, I guess I guess they have a home ice advantage. I don't know. Maybe not really. No, you know what? I, they, they don't. I don't think it matters. Um, one <laughs> one one series again that I think falls into the I don't really care about this series. Um, Nashville against Arizona. Uh, Adam, do you do you have thoughts on Nashville versus Arizona? Please. Uh, I think. Nashville- <laughs> Nashville's going to win. Um, yeah, I agree. Arizona's got so much going on right now with, uh, you know, the general manager quitting right before the... Oh, yeah, Cheka quitting right before. I guess so. this is more interesting than I thought. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's pretty surprising, right? Like, when yeah. you see hockey and... Uh, it's going to be interesting if the full story kind of comes out about what it well, was. Well, did you read Wyshynski's article on this? I have not yet. Well, I saw that there was a lot of weird stuff behind the scenes where, you know, yeah. they were meeting hall without him and, and all this kind of stuff yeah I, I think that's kind of the the sense i got too is that i i've glanced at this article i've actually been weirdly busy with work so i haven't had a chance to really read it yet but the sense i'm getting is that yeah there he never really fully ingratiated himself in the team very effectively and he was always kind of a weird hire because he got branded as an analytics hire but you talked to a lot of analytics people, and John Chaco was not someone that was regularly mentioned. His company, I think, really was mostly focused on micro stats and weren't really big in actual analytics. So that was a weird kind of situation, and I didn't really like the way he ran the team either. Uh, so yeah, I I think that's weird. I, I like Nashville, too. I think this is actually a pretty easy call. Uh, we say that in Arizona, of course, is going to win in three. But uh, I, I think Nashville, um, I think Pecorino needed this break. I think they have a lot of depth, even if their depth isn't playing particularly well right now. Uh, I give me give me Nashville in four. Yeah. All right, all right, there we go. Um, and then two more to go. We got Canucks versus the Wild. Uh, me, this is pretty easy. I don't trust the Wild, and give me the Canucks any day. Quinn Hughes for life. That's that's my that's my analysis there. What what what, what say you? Um, you know, former Capitals assistant coach, I believe Dean Evison, right? He's now the head coach of the Wild. So, oh yeah, um, good for him. I think, I'm thinking. I think this one's gonna go five. Yeah. Um, I guess it's will go Wild. I don't really know though. Okay. I, I like I like Vancouver's talent. That's another team I kind of would like to see advance a little bit because they're a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I don't. They're, they're exciting. Yeah, you got you got Besser, Patterson. There's still Quinn Hughes, you know. Yeah. Oh, JB. Elite, elite forwards, Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel, who they've paid extremely reasonable contracts. First line forward, Jay Beagle. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Although, Jay Beagle won a, uh, won a uh, championship at every level of professional hockey. So that's he something. Has. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. He is a good man and a good hockey, well, and a good hockey player. Yeah. So. A, a good, a good hockey player. If, as long as you properly evaluate hockey players. <laughs> uh, <laughs> will be what I will say. Uh, also, a very nice guy, and very is is I think a a very serviceable fourth line center. Yes, so, that's not yeah. nothing. That's not nothing. Um, all right. Finally, we have I think what is probably the most interesting series, uh, is maybe aside from Toronto, we have Calgary and Winnipeg, and Winnipeg is a team that is not good. <laughs> um, but they have been bailed out by maybe one of the better goaltending performances low-key of the last five years in Connor Hellebuck, who really, are, I would say, should have been in the heart conversation and wasn't. Uh, I think he probably will win the Vezina, but 
I, I, it's whether he could steal a series for a team that's really not very good and has basically no blue line versus a Calgary team that I think everyone was kind of waiting for them to, to ramp it up into high gear this year. It never really happened, but they have a lot of talent and uh, I, we're going to have to see. They, I believe, are minus um, Mark Giordano. I think he's not doing the, I think he's uh, not doing it because of COVID, not playing because of COVID, but still a very talented team. So I think I like the Flames give me a better team versus a better goalie, but I, I, I don't really feel super strongly. So I would say Flames in five. What about you? Um, you know, Winnipeg is one of those teams that I felt like they were on the cusp for years. Uh, yeah. you know, two, two or three years, I felt like they had all the pieces and they just couldn't quite get over that hump. And, um, now they're, um, uh, they don't really have the town anymore. So it, nope. it's, it's going to be, so sometimes teams win when you least expect them to. Um, so I think Winnipeg will put up, put up a bit more of a fight than people are giving them credit for, but I do think Calgary will probably take this one in, in uh, five. All right. Well, uh, there we go. So uh, you got you got our our pl- uh, preview. Um, I yeah, I think I think I think we're good here, Adam. So uh, plug some stuff. Where can people find your uh, your writing and musings and uh, Twitter and everything? Uh, everyone, please go on japersrink.com. Uh, my writings might not be there very much, but you, you still hear me here all the time. It means a lot when you go on the site. Um, yes, you know, I, please I do. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Japers Rink. Um, you know, it meant a lot to me when I was starting to, to both talk about hockey and, and really read about hockey. So uh, please check out the site. Check out all the good work people are putting out there. And you can yeah, follow that me is on- true. On Twitter at Stringham A. Uh, I don't tweet too too much anymore, but I'm always happy to talk about hockey if you guys hit me up. So yeah, uh, I feel like when me. you when you tweet though, you, you usually make it count. So I you're definitely still an elite follow there. I would say I try. Yeah, there you go. And uh, yeah, I, I second what Adam said. Uh, we've both had a chance a little behind the scenes to see what's going to be up for Japers Rank this uh, postseason and. It's going to be great. So stay tuned to the site. It's going to be great. Uh, I think we're going to be doing podcasts probably every week or two. Probably every week, I think, is the plan. Um, And we'll kind of adjust it as needed. Uh, I know that when the Capitals find out their first-round opponent, that I've talked to Samantha Powell, and we'll probably have her on as a little bit of a uh, reprise of Isabel Kershudian's role. Um, So, uh, yeah. But uh, with that, uh, I'm just going to leave it here. So, uh, Thank you for listening. Um, if you like the show, please rate, write, subscribe, review. Please give us reviews. It's we, we love all reviews, even the ones that don't make a ton of sense. So please do that. You can follow me on Twitter at Greg Y underscore JR, and uh, we'll see you all next week.